If I could just have your attention for a few minutes while you're enjoying your lunch. My name is Ed Deal, and I'm a member of the board, a proud member of the board of NAATP. And I also have the um, wonderful privilege of being the chairman of the Political Action Committee. And uh, this rack of brochures I just knocked down all over the place. You'll notice that there's one of these on your table for each and every one of you. I want to talk for just a minute about the importance of that. This is a PAC luncheon. Uh, among other things, it is designed each year to be our opportunity to, thank you, Zane, to raise a few dollars to replenish the coffers of our political action committee. Uh, we also, at the outset of our conference every year, uh, raise funds on the golf course during our annual golf outing, and uh, we've raised well over $5,000 this year. So. The importance of the PAC, it's vitally important. The work that NAATP does in public policy is impressive and it's extraordinary. We have a public policy committee of our board of directors, which is chaired by Scott Munson from Sundown M Ranch. Scott can wave to you. Yeah. That committee works very closely with our Washington representative, Mark Dunn, who's sitting right here, who does an amazing job representing our field's interest in the Senate and the House and with government agencies like ONDCP, a coalition of addiction-related organizations that meets regularly in Washington and does all of these things to make certain that the interests of families with addiction across America uh, truly get a good shake, a good deal. And we have been successful since the founding of our PAC, working closely with our board and our public policy committee, uh, which you can read a lot about in our newsletter, Mr. Dunn, uh, writes in that newsletter every issue to give members an update of what activities in Washington are impacting our constituency. What's very exciting about the history, the brief history of our PAC, I'll give you one great example. When the, um, uh, during the, the work to create the, um, I'm drawing a blank now. The what? Yeah. The Affordable Care Act. You know, it's a funny thing, I'm getting older. And the, uh, <laughs> the Affordable Care Act, I probably said 700 times a month for about five years. But during the fight to create the 10 essential benefits that are included in the Affordable Care Act, the first iteration of that draft of what should be in there identified only outpatient services for addiction treatment. Absent was residential treatment. And it was the work of our political action committee, the recovery caucus, 
in the Senate and the House that uh, met with Secretary Sebelius at the time and had residential ben uh, benefits put back in the 10 essential benefits. So if, if the PAC does nothing more, and it does a lot, in the next 10 years, that alone dramatically impacted how providers are able to care for the addicted across America. So we're very, very grateful for that. And I wanted to say that um, it was PAC influence that opened the door to CARA Working Group. As a result, NAATP members changed two votes critical to the passage of the CARA law. We do that in DC. Uh, provided access to the Senate Help Committee, ranking, uh, the, the Help Committee ranking senator to discuss parity enforcement and the IMD exclusion issues. Senator Pat Patty Murray, our champion, who has received uh, donations from our PAC in appreciation for her role in bringing forward our issues uh, in the U.S. Senate, just to name a couple of things. Our work ahead of us is dramatic and it's important, and there are well over 50 bills in Congress now coming together to create a, a one large bill to address further some funding issues around the opioid crisis. So stay tuned in the reading material that you get as to what the activities are of NAATP uh, on, a, on a national level because it's profound and we are effective. Now, to be further effective, we need to be able to fill the coffers of our political action committee so that we can get uh, um, contributions to the right leaders in the Senate and the House from year to year who will carry our water in a very complex Washington scene. Uh, we are thrilled with the response that we are, have got and will continue to get. So what we've left on your table is a PAC brochure. That brochure describes what the PAC is, who is eligible to contribute, and what we use our funds and make decisions about as to how we award contributions. I wanted to stand up here before we got to dessert because I'd like to ask each and every person in this audience today to seriously consider filling out that contribution section to make a personal contribution to our political action committee. I know I will be filling out mine when I go sit down. This is one of the most important things I contribute to every year, and I hope you see it the same way. You can't give us a contribution from your treatment center. Political action committees, by law, are limited in how and where they can receive donations, if you will, into their con contribution fund. So if you work for a big treatment center that has a lot of resources and you think, hell, I'll get my treatment center to donate $1,000, you can't do that. But if you work at a treatment center, if you run a treatment center, if you're a line staff member of a treatment center, and when you go home, if you have a board of directors because of their key role within your treatment organization, we are all eligible to make an individual contribution. So I ask you not to leave your table today without filling out a pledge form 
and we will certainly, staff will be collecting them, and then we will put your contribution slips in this thing here, whatever the hell it's called. The tumbler. The magic tumbler, and we will draw one winner of an Amazon gift card in appreciation for your participation. So thank you, and fill out your forms. Thank you, Ed. Um, I hold in my hand a donation from, uh, from Mr. Doug Tiemann that he just handed me. He's a fine example. It's, gonna go, it's the first one to go in the tumbler. So thank you, Doug. I don't know. If, I can't promise that. Um, uh, in a few minutes, our, our board chair will, will convene the annual meeting to make a couple of announcements, but I would like to make an announcement first. I'm very, I, I talked at the beginning of the conference about how the election process works to serve on our board of directors, that we have 20, uh, the bylaws provide that we have between 20 and 25 board members and that they serve as CEOs uh, with a few exceptions of senior other senior level executives at treatment providers. And um, these are very influential people. They're very important people. I rely on them for guidance. And each year, they serve three-year terms, and each year a third of them go off and we hold an election. Many of you voted on the most recent election. Two new board members will be joining us uh, in the next term. They will take their seats at the fall 2018 uh, board meeting this fall in Washington, D.C., and I would like to introduce those folks to you now. So I think you know who, who you are if I'm about to call your name. So if you would please stand and... and and flail about, then we'll be able to see you. Um, I want over back here in the corner in the direction that I'm pointing is Mr. Tom Britton. Tom Britton. Tom is the CEO of Gateway Foundation, headquartered in Colorado, in uh, Chicago. Chicago, Colorado, Chicago. I recently was at Gateway and presented uh, sort of an industry update to, to their very impressive board of directors. Tom has done a remarkable job with that organization and, and we're really, really excited uh, to bring your intelligence and your energy onto the board, Tom, thank you. I'm not seeing Jamie. I am seeing Jamie. Stay, on, stay up, because people don't know who you are. I am now pointing, because I don't know how else to do it, gesturing at uh, Jamie Vink. Jamie Vink is the, yeah. Jamie is the CEO of Sierra Tucson Treatment Center in Arizona, and um, we're very pleased to, she, uh, she's been in the business a while. Um, she came up through the ranks. She was not CEO originally. Um, she's doing a fine job, and as you all probably know, uh, Sierra Tucson is an Acadia property, and we're very excited to have you join us with your talent and your experience as well, Jamie. Thank you. We'll see you this fall. Uh, before I introduce our board chair, I want to just make another pitch for how important this afternoon is. This afternoon is really important. 
<laughs> right? Uh, we talked at the beginning of the conference about doing two things simultaneously, concurrently, when you are in this business. One is to do your job every day as well as you can for that client whose face you're looking at. But the other thing that is imperative that we all must take a responsibility in is the pursuit of better law and policy that allows the horrible treatment gap in this country, the insurance gap, to be closed. Um, you've heard the statistics a million times. 10% of the people who suffer from substance use disorder in this country do not, see, do not receive dedicated care. Compare that to diabetes where it's 80% who receive care. And the numbers that Doug Tiemann talked about a little while ago regarding insurance coverage, that gap is massive too. That's what we work on. Policy, law and policy is made in a number of different ways, but certainly it comes top down as one of them. That didn't used to be the case many years ago. Once upon a time, you just had to know the law of your jurisdiction. That's hardly true anymore, especially as Congress is developing more and more uh, initiative. So. Uh, this afternoon you will hear from our Director of Public Policy, Mark Dunn, and you will also listen to an all-star panel uh, consisting of Dave Ehrenberg from Florida, State Attorney from Florida, who, um, who is was instrumental in the Florida Task Force cleaning up that mess. You will hear from Greg Williams, the CEO of Facing Addiction, and you will hear from Phil Rutherford, the Operations Director at Faces and Voices of Recovery, and Scott Munson, the Chair of our Public Policy Committee, will will manage all of that talent, and they have a lot of important things to say. And then, super important too, okay, now let's look at the trickle-down piece, and let's look at the bottom-up piece. How well organized are you in your states and your regions? Um, uh, the first step in that, and the continued advancement of that, is constantly meeting and talking. And so we're going to gather into those groups. Uh, they're going to be rather informal discussions, but they will result in activity. So, so please stick around and conclude the conference with us. And if you need more incentive, you do get a, a, your name in a raffle. And best of all, there will be ice cream. So there's going to be an ice cream social. You've got to have ice cream in the afternoon. You deserve it at this point. All right. Um, it's my pleasure to introduce the chairman of the board of directors of the National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers to open our meeting, Mr. Art Vandeveer, Executive Director of La Hacienda Treatment Center. Thanks, sir. Okay. First, a little pack fun. Um, yesterday, I was standing out in front of the hotel and, and uh, visiting with with. Uh, Kelly Farrell, who, you know, Design Room did the, uh, all the rebranding for the National Association, and she was smiling and saying, you know, how wonderful it was that, uh, you know, she heard National Association and NAATP at this conference, almost exclusively. That, that In that conversation, I managed to, as Ray Tomas pointed out, uh, you know, say NATAP at least three or four times. And then they, they basically said, well, you did notice that uh, Marvin uh, said NATAP at least once in his opening remark. So we decided that that means we have to donate to uh, the pack, put, uh, put our money in the pack jar for our sins. But Doug Tiemann got the award for the most NATAP in his last presentation. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Really appreciate that. Um, this is going to be the shortest meeting you've ever had in your life. I have I've been through, this is my 14th uh, member uh, meeting uh, at the luncheon at the conference, and it's a formality pretty much, so I'm going to call the meeting to order. And the only, uh, the only item of business on this is I wanted to emphasize again 
our, our desire for members to be accredited. It just gives us an edge of why we're a little bit different. Uh, it's a higher quality standard, and we're going to come to you for a vote on this this year. One of the things that we really need for members to do, whether we're electing a board member or <clears throat> any kind of a policy or procedure that's coming through, we really need you guys to get out and vote. So what we've learned is the best way to do that is serve food. This, is the, this will be the largest voting uh, uh, group that we've ever had, and so I'm, I'm just hoping that you will all commit to voting or letting us know your feeling about, uh, about this. The board has unanimously um, endorsed this, and so we're asking you, the membership, to, to also follow through with that. And remember, there will be a grace period. We don't want to lose any members over this. Uh, we want to help uh, any way that we can. Uh, you know, when I got into the field uh, back in 1979, La Hacienda was going through its first Joint Commission survey. It's changed a, a great deal during the, the years. CARF has come along, and uh, these things really just help us to be centers of excellence. And so that's the item of business today. Can I entertain a motion that we adjourn? Is there a second? All right, the meeting's adjourned. Thank you very much. Marvin. Well done. So we're going to take a few minutes to allow you time to, uh, to fill out your forms and write your checks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your, your devotion to this. It matters so much. Um, last thing I want to mention before we take a pause and then Ed comes back up is how many of you are receiving on a regular basis, week to week, our PPUs, public policy updates? Could you raise your hand? Great, that's a pretty good number. Um, if you're not, get them, right? I mean, we want our, we, we distribute those when things are needed, when, when advocacy action is necessary, and to keep you up to speed and to report on what's going on. And Mark Dunn writes those, and they go out, they go out in a very timely fashion to everybody who's signed up. How do you sign up? Well, you gotta be a member, and you don't need to be the boss at the member organization. You simply need to go into the website um, and fill out the uh, section that requires, that asks you to create your own member ID. Um, and then you have full access and it's just you and you can, you can be in there and you will be included in the mailing list and so that you'll get these public policy updates. The more involved you are, the better this is gonna be for you. The better, um, we want to give you value you need to come to us and say, here's where I am so that I can receive that value. So uh, thanks, everybody. Let's, let's take a few minutes to, to write some checks, and then Ed will be back up. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could uh, just wave your contribution in the air. We have four uh, staff and volunteers coming around to collect them up before our drawing. So would you please do that?
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is a very tense moment. Kayla, our new NAATP staff member, is managing this operation up here, and she is doing a remarkable job. Keep spinning, Kayla, keep spinning. The excitement is building. Hey, I wanted to just say, if I could have your attention for just one more minute, I just wanted to thank somebody uh, who's very, who has been for many, many years extraordinarily special to NAATP. And that individual I want to thank posthumously. And that gentleman is John Southworth, who used to be, yeah, how about that? Let's give it up for John. I'm looking up or down. I'm, I was never sure where when it came to my dear friend John. But what John Southworth would do in his work is for the people he knew, he would fly anywhere in the world for one of our family members if they needed an intervention to go to treatment and not send us a bill. He did that in my family once. And uh, you know that's the kind of guy who you always want on your side. And he was a guy who, whenever NAATP needed a sponsor for a big sponsor area that we couldn't fill, we would go strong-arm John Southworth, and he would say yes. Every year, he would donate um, two round-trip tickets anywhere Delta Airlines flew for the drawing for this PAC fundraiser, you know. I don't know about you, but I don't give up my miles. So I'm telling you, it was a pretty generous thing that the guy used to do. So if you'll just take a second and, and remember uh, one who we lost uh, in this last year, that was John. So, so we won't be giving away Delta Airlines tickets anymore, but we do have a wonderful gift for the person who will be drawn in a moment. Uh, for those of you who generously contributed to the pack, I'm going to ask Ruth Ann Rigby to come up here and actually pull it out, Kayla. Are you re are you refereeing a game this afternoon, uh, Ruth Ann? Okay. All right. Okay. The spirit of Jackson, Mississippi has joined me on the stage to draw this up. The South has risen again in the mind of Ruth Ann Rigby. So. Ruth Ann, please announce that. Oh, my God. It's Eric McLaughlin. Okay, we are finished. Enjoy the rest of your coffee and dessert, and thank you all for coming. The afternoon's program is really important. Don't miss it. Please attend. It's all about public policy and how you can join us in our effective work in that regard. So thank you all for your support of the PAC. We'll do you right.